Well, hello. It's great to see all of you. My name is Paul, one of the pastors here. If I haven't met you, I would love to meet you. Feel free to come up after the service and introduce yourself. I want to start off this morning by telling a story that happened when I was growing up. I was trying for one thing, and something else happened instead. So I was about 10 years old. We lived in Connecticut at the time, and we were going to go on a family bike ride. So my dad got the bikes out, and all of us kids got, got the bikes out of the garage. We got them all set. And then everybody had gone inside for some reason to, to do one more thing or something. And I was out with the bikes, and I was feeling a little mischievous. So I decided I'd play a prank on my brother. So I got a stick, and I, I, you know, on those bike tubes, you like press the little thing inside, and all the air came out. So I let the air out of his tire, and I thought, this is really going to be funny. And then everybody came back out, and we're, we're about to go, and my brother said, oh, no, my tire is flat. And I thought, this is going to be great. And then my dad said, oh, that's terrible. Your brother rode the bike yesterday, so there must actually be a hole in the tube, and we don't have any more tubes, so we're just going to cancel the bike ride and no ice cream. You know, we were going to go to bike ride to get ice cream, and then it was like the whole thing was ruined, which if you know me... Ruining the ice cream bike ride is a pretty severe disappointment. So I was aiming for one thing, to have this funny prank on my brother, and something else happened instead. I ruined the family trip. If you're like me, you've felt that kind of thing before, where you're aiming for something. Maybe you're trying to eat healthy, and then you remember that five brownies later. Or you're going into a meeting at work and you think, I'm going to be calm this time. And then you come out remembering that that didn't happen at all. Or you think, I'm going to be friendly to my neighbors and reach out to them. And then you get home and you're just too tired. It turns out it's hard for us to decide to live a certain way and then follow through with that. We're not very good as people at that. And if there's anything that should demonstrate the truth of the biblical story, that should be one of those things. Why is it so hard for us to say, I want to do this and then actually do it? As almost said, we're starting a new series this morning on the fruit of the Spirit. We're looking at a single verse in the book of Galatians that lists nine characteristics of the kind of life that happens when a follower of Jesus lives by the Spirit. And these are things that most people want to live like, things that we want our lives to be described by. And yet, most of us find it really difficult to live that way. And so, what we're going to see this morning, as we back up a bit before that verse, we're going to see the Apostle Paul explain what it is that we do in order to have our lives look that way. And it turns out that we actually aim for something else in order for what Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit to happen. And that thing that we aim for is, is really very simple. It's a simple phrase. We're going to spend a lot of time thinking about it this morning. It's the simple idea that we walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Now, our passage in Galatians is going to help us understand what that looks like, and we're going to be diving in deep to these nine different words week by week over the summer. But 
What I know is that a lot of you have been walking by the Spirit for a long time. This is not a new idea. It's a concept that you're familiar with, many of you, and you've been trying to do this. And so we want to hear from the Scriptures to help refine our understanding, but we also want to hear from each other. And that's why Alma mentioned over the course of the summer, we're going to be spending an extended amount of time sharing Uh, hearing from each other. So as you're thinking this morning, be thinking about something you might want to share. This morning, we'll kick it off with a very just general question of how have you seen the Spirit working in your life? But as we go, we'll be asking about where we've seen these particular character traits played out either in our lives or in the lives of the people around us. And our hope then is that with the testimony of the Word and the experience Of the Spirit in this community, we'll see this beautiful picture of what God has been doing. This morning, though, we're going to introduce that by looking at the several verses before. We'll be in about Galatians 5, 16 through 21. We're going to start by understanding the context of the book of Galatians. And then we're going to look at this instruction that Paul gives, the simple idea of walking by the Spirit. And finally, we're going to see what happens when you don't do that, when things go wrong and something else happens instead. Now, the book of Galatians is probably the first of the New Testament books to be written. It was very early, probably around 49 AD. So that was uh, 16, 17 years after Jesus rose from the dead. And this young church was struggling to figure out what it really meant to follow Jesus. In particular, they were asking one of these questions that is the first question we ask, and that's, what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? What does a life look like? How do you tell, either in my own life or in the lives of people, how do I know that someone is indeed a Christian? This community was made up of a mixture of Gentiles and Jews. And the Jews had this long tradition of the Jewish law, which was the way they knew that somebody was connected to God, because they could point to these things and say, that demonstrates that they know God. And so in Galatia, there was this ritual of circumcision that that people who didn't grow up Jews, Jews were tempted to do in order to have something to point to, to say, I'm in. And we like this, don't we? We like to have externals. We like to have something that we can see, some simple way to categorize people. Uh, In college, I landed at college as a freshman with with long hair, hair past my shoulders, and um, I showed up on campus, and and people looked at me, and they they would say things like, oh, I I know what kind of person you are. they, They kind of immediately thought that I was a certain way. And I thought that they're probably not imagining that I spent a year traveling with a Christian ministry band. That's probably not what they mean by I know what kind of person you are. Because we we look at these externals, but we all know that externals don't actually work. This is what the Apostle Paul said to the Galatians. He was warning them about focusing on externals. He says this in Galatians 5 verse 3. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. See, he's saying to them that if you go down that route, 
If you focus on externals, on the result, on the consequences, if that's the way you're going to judge things, that's all you have. You have to go all the way down that route. It's all or nothing. He says, don't do that. But then the question arises, then, well, what do we focus on? If not the law, if we don't have this easy way to tell who's following Jesus, do we have anything? Is there anything that makes Christians different? Paul says, yes. He goes on and he says this in verse 6. He says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Nothing external, but only faith working through love. Only faith working through love. Faith is something that happens within us. It's something in our hearts, something in our souls. It's something that we believe deeply. And so as we start off this series, we need to be reminded of our temptation to look for external markers and encouraged to remember that it's all about faith. Don't focus on externals. Now that's going to be especially important over the course of the summer because we'll be talking about a lot of externals. We'll be saying this kind of a life and behaving this way and these kinds of characteristics. And so we constantly need to be dialing it back and saying, but it's, it's faith. It's the internal thing that we're actually concerned with. As Paul continues in Galatians, he gives followers of Jesus who have that kind of faith, he gives them something to do. He gives them an instruction as to how to live out that faith. It's not an external marker, something to judge or evaluate by, but it's some behavior to express that faith. Listen to what he says in verse 16. He says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There's our simple instruction. Walk by the spirit. How many of you would say, as by raise of hands, how many of you would say that you are reasonably proficient at walking? I know some of you, you're, you're overestimating. Uh, most of us took about a year to learn to walk, right? Maybe 14, 15 months. It's complicated. We, we, were, we were young. We're figuring out our bodies. We don't remember that. I think that's kind of one of God's gifts of mercy, that we don't remember those years. But we're trying to figure it out. And, and as it turns out, the simple act of walking that most of us do every day is very complicated. Listen to how one scientist describes it. He says, humans maintain their balance through a complex system of kinesthetic awareness and proprioception that works together to control more than 600 individual muscles. I was doing that while I was reading. It's impressive, right? 600 individual muscles. While I'm doing this, my brain is somehow analyzing my balance, making sure that I don't fall down or trip, Moving back and forth, this complex motion of walking. 
Now, Paul uses this as a metaphor. He says, walk by the Spirit. But as we explore that idea, there is a lot there that can help us in what it looks like to live a life by the Spirit. Turns out it's really hard to teach robots to walk. Because when we're walking, as this scientist pointed out, at no point are we completely balanced. See, with every step I take, I'm about to fall over. My balance is never perfectly equal. But what happens is just before I fall, the next step catches me. I want to show you what I mean. Here, here's a video of uh, a company that's done probably the best of anybody yet at helping robots walk. It's a company called Boston Dynamics. Some of you have heard of them. Um, these are two robots doing parkour. So, so we're going to watch them and see how they do. Let's watch this. Pretty good, huh? I mean, that's pretty impressive for robots, but what I thought I'd do is I thought I'd invite Scott up here and he and I could do that same routine <laughs> for you. Apart from the backflips, if Scott and I did that up here on stage, you probably wouldn't be that impressed, right? <laughs> it's not really that impressive what we saw. It's just a little bit of walking, but because it's robots doing it, we think, wow, that's, that's really great. Because I think we have some awareness of how complicated it is to actually walk. And even those robots don't look natural. They don't look like they're having kind of a normal motion. Some people call walking controlled falling. Because at every point, you're about to fall. That's really helpful for me when we consider this simple instruction. Walk by the Spirit controlled fall by the Spirit. Go through life every moment a little bit off balance, but trusting that before you fall, the Spirit's going to be there. The Spirit's going to catch you. And remember that the, the Spirit is not an idea it's not a set of principles that you rehearse or remind yourself of. The Spirit is a person. This is a relational walking. It's walking with the Spirit, by the Spirit, by your side. One of the persons of the Trinity, the creator of the universe, who is helping you day by day to walk. That's the image. And what the Apostle Paul says is that you aim for one thing, walking by the Spirit, living your life in daily relationship with the Spirit of God, and you get something else. The Spirit then works within you 
to grow fruit, to develop characteristics, to make your life look a certain way. And that would be great if that's all that there was. Let's just do that. That'd be easy. But as we've observed, it's actually difficult to live that way. It's hard to even set our sights on a certain way of walking and play that out. The apostle explains why in the next section of Galatians, because there's actually two forces at work, he says. There are two things that stand in opposition to each other to make this walking by the Spirit difficult. Listen to what he says in verses 17 through 21. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the apostle gives us a warning, a warning of what happens when we don't walk by the Spirit. When we set our minds on things of the flesh, these are the kinds of things that happen in our lives. He describes 15 behaviors, and those stand in contrast to what we're going to start looking at next week, the nine characteristics that he describes as fruit of the Spirit. But it's important to note that those 15 things are different than the nine things. Because the 15 things are described as works of the flesh. It's something that you do, that you work towards, that you produce, you yourself. But the other is the fruit of the Spirit. It's something that grows naturally, slowly, in season, through the presence of the Spirit in your life might help to illustrate this by by asking a simple question. Who would rather be an ox versus a tree? Would you rather be an ox or a tree? Who wants to be an ox? There were more oxes in the first service, a couple back there. How about tree? Yeah, for the purposes of this illustration, the trees are the right people, sorry, (laughs) ox folks. But the ox is burdened by a yoke. He has to work hard to do something that somebody else is controlling him to do. Whereas the tree, he just stands there, rooted by the water, the sun, producing fruit naturally. This is how Psalm 1 describes it. A tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. See, the works of the flesh happens when we act like an ox, when we work hard, when we focus ourselves on trying to do a certain thing. Where the fruit of the Spirit, as we saw last week, and Jesus describing himself as divine, it happens when we are rooted, planted, connected 
to Christ. And over time, good things come out of that relationship. The temptation, when we hear a list of 15 things like this, is to try and avoid them. To say, I don't want to live like that. I don't want my life to be that way. I know that's bad. I know that's dangerous, unhealthy. I'm going to try my hardest not to do that. We think that we can fight the flesh. But the Apostle Paul says that doesn't work. And so we need to remember not to fight the flesh. Don't fight the flesh. Instead, walk by the Spirit. Because if you end up saying, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to live this way, it just doesn't work. But if you end up walking in relationship with God, good things happen. Think about this. I mean, as a practical example, let's say you have a meeting at work and there's a a person in the meeting that, that you've always had a little bit of an issue with and you know that and so... You go into that meeting and you think, I am not going to get upset by this person. I am not going to let them trigger me. Whatever they do, whatever they say, I'm prepared. I'm not going to be upset. How many of you have found that to work well? (laughs) Versus saying, when I go into that meeting, I'm not alone. Because the Spirit's with me. And the Spirit walks by me. And when I'm about to fall... Spirit's there in me. See, all my focus is on God. It's on the Spirit, not on the flesh, because it doesn't work to fight the flesh. We walk by the Spirit. Have you ever seen somebody from a distance that you know real well, and you couldn't recognize them, but you knew who it was because of the way they walked? You know that feeling? I mean... Walking's not that complicated, right? Left foot, right foot. How is it that all of us do it slightly differently? So much so that we could recognize it if we see each other. This is the journey of faith, learning to find your walk in the spirit. It's why we want to be hearing from each other as we do this series. Some of us walk, you know, I don't know, normally. Some of us have a bit more swagger, right? Not me, so... What does your walk look like? It doesn't work to fight the flesh, but we can walk by the Spirit. Let's imagine that you walk up to somebody in downtown Palo Alto and you show them two lists. One list of 15 words, the works of the flesh that Apostle Paul says. And another list, we haven't gotten that list yet, but but many of you are familiar with some of them, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, a list of the nine characteristics described as the fruit of the Spirit. And you say, which one would you rather characterize your life? Most people, I think, would say the fruit of the Spirit. Most people would say, yeah, I would love to be kind and gentle and good. The problem is not how we want to be, problem is how you get there. And so as we look at these words this summer, we're going to be remembering all the time that we aim for one thing. We aim for this daily relationship with the Spirit of God, every step dependent on Him. And when we do that, what happens is that He grows in us the fruit of the Spirit. As we've been saying, we're going to take some time later this morning to share. Before we do that, 
we'll be singing two more songs. I want to invite the band to come back up. And as we continue in worship, I want to invite you to invite the Spirit into your heart. Ask yourself whether there's something that that the Spirit is prompting you to share with us. Um, And just put yourself in a posture of receiving, of remembering that the Spirit is there for you to walk by. God's close to us. He doesn't have to come near. He is near. It's up to us to to be aware of that, to, to walk in his strength, to walk by the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are near us, that you are with us, that you empower us to walk by your Spirit. Thanks that it's, it's not complicated, that it's not something we need to struggle at, but it's just a daily reminder, a daily relationship with you, minute by minute. We pray that you would cultivate that within us. We pray as we look at these words over the summer that that would be growing in us, this relationship of walking by your spirit. And we would see that fruit in our lives, in the lives of others, in our community, and that we'd be encouraged by that. God, we want to reflect you to this world. We want to honor you and to live in a way that glorifies you. Help us, help us to walk by your spirit in order to do that. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.